do you understand that the people in the Congress today, many of them, I believe over half of them, are set and have declared war on America. And they're changing this country from being a Republican form of government into a democracy that goes into a socialistic kind of government and then into communism. And communism is not dead. It is not dead. But anyway, as we're moving right along. It is ludicrous to believe that we can go on allowing the humanists and the liberals to be reflected in government and not have our liberties threatened. We can't have them in Washington and not think they're going to try to vote away our freedoms. That's what they're doing there. They're going to do everything possible to little by little. Oh, they won't do it with the gun. They're going to do it with legislation. I remember one man said years ago by the name of Khrushchev, we'll take over your country without firing a shot. I remember Khrushchev saying that. Oh, the wall came down. The Union of Soviet Socialist Republic. Oh, that's all done away with. Communism lost. The Cold War is over. We won. No, we didn't win. They're in all of our universities. They're in our schools. They're in our high schools. They're teaching your kids and my kids and my grandkids. And we don't know it being done, but they are there. And they're overthrowing our country from the inside. Because when you can't storm the gates, you infiltrate. And this is what's going on. And so little by little, they're turning our country into a socialistic country. And that's going to be a dictatorship. And most countries who get like we are right now never reverse the order. And that's what I don't like. Because there's not enough people to understand and believe correctly that can take their country back. Unless there's a spiritual revival. Unless God does it. The republic is predicated upon the concept that a self-governed individual will require minimum civil government or external control. In other words, if you and I serve the Lord, and we do right because of our relationship between us and the Lord, you see, we don't need as many laws to govern and control us because we have the Holy Spirit living within us to help us to do so. Our founding fathers knew that. That's why Princeton and Yale and Harvard and those schools all started. The University of Georgia. They were started to produce preachers so they would understand our form of government and be able to preserve it. Because you cannot preserve a nation without preserving the education of the children. And we gave our children to the government. We gave them the most precious Thing to us in the world. And they have taught our children and our grandchildren all over the United States, and we wonder why they think the way they think and why they're so rebellious the way they are. It's because we allowed them to be taught a humanistic philosophy for how many years? On the other hand, the liberal concept sees civil government ever providing more and more of the needs of the people. Don't you see that? That's what's going on. They want to provide more and more for the people, supports socialization, social services, and thus produce an ever weaker and more dependent person lacking Christian character. But see, they can't accomplish their goal as long as the Word of God is in the schools. Prayer is in the schools. Christian philosophy is in the school. You have to get that out of the school. Why? Because they're going to replace it with another religion. Humanism, 
is the religion of mankind. That's why, remember at one time, the Bible and creation was taught in our public schools. And then along comes evolution, and evolution now has replaced creation. Evolution is the religion of an atheist. Because if you don't believe in God, you can't believe in creation. So you believe in evolution. So man is the epitome of everything on the evolutionary ladder. And that's where we are. And so they have to remove the one and replace it with something else. And they've done it. But see, it's, it's all part of a plan of somebody that knows what they're doing. And let me just throw this out to you. No charge. Noah Webster said this in 1962, expressed the need for our nation to turn to the Scriptures for the principles of civil liberty. To understand how you're supposed to have civil liberty, you have to understand the Bible. That's the only thing that gives you and I the proper understanding of the rights of every other individual. I know that God gave you the right to life, and God gave you the right to pursue happiness, and God gave you that right. And I don't have a right to take it away from you. But that's because of my understanding of the Bible. And I know that I'm supposed to love one another, and we're supposed to care for one another. But I don't believe that by the pen I'm supposed to take things from you and give it to this person over there. I don't believe God has given to us the right to redistribute wealth. What if we did that right here in this church? Let's just find out who got the money and who doesn't have the money. And those that have the money, let's just vote to take their money and give it to the people who don't have any. Do you see anything wrong with that? Now, the people that don't have any said, hey, that's a great idea. The people that have money said, I don't like that idea. But this is what people are doing. This is what's going on in government. And you say, they can't see that. They can't see that. Yes, they do see that. But their goal is, is they want a one-world government. And they are for communism. They're for the socialism. And therefore, this is their goal. And so they make their decisions based upon their philosophy of government. And their philosophy of government is not the philosophy of government that was given to you and I by our founding fathers. The scriptures were intended by God to be the guide of human reason. The creator of man established the moral order of the universe, knowing that human reason, left without a divine guide or rule of action, would fill the world with disorder, crime, and misery. Look around the world. Look what's starting in our country. That's because man's wisdom is not sufficient to guide him. The book of Jeremiah says, It's not within man that walketh to direct his steps. You and I are not smart enough to guide ourselves. And the last thing we need is somebody else that don't have any brains telling us how to live. That's why we go to the source of all wisdom, which is the Word of God. And God's Word tells us how we're supposed to live. God's Word tells us what kind of a government we're supposed to have. Webster continues, the principle of all genuine liberty and of wise laws and administrations are to be drawn from the Bible and sustained by its authority. The man, therefore, who weakens, and get this, or destroys the divine authority of that book may be accessory to all the public disorders which society is doomed to suffer. The people that say we don't need God in the schools and we don't need prayer and we don't need the establishment of our home between a man and a woman only, 
Those are the ones that are seeking to destroy this country. They're not our friends. They're enemies of this country. People who want to have legalized marriage between homosexuals and so forth, those are enemies of our freedom. I hope that my convictions are slowly leaking out. Our nation now is standing at the crossroads. Today our American youth is being trained in state schools whose educational program is committed by law to secularize the citizens of tomorrow and that it's state expense which we pay for through our taxes. Did you realize 80% of all your property taxes go for the public schools to teach our children and the next generation how to overthrow our own country and take away our liberties? And we're paying for it. Boy, are they smart. They took over our schools. Does that get me a little upset? Yes. To save our country from the dry rot of secularism. Secularism just means without God. To raise a generation of people up without God. And you take them to church and Sunday school on Sunday morning one hour a week. And then they've got them for six, seven hours a day. Five days a week. For 12 years. Who do you think is going to win? Numerically, just numerically, eventually they will outnumber us old folks. Do you understand what I'm saying? Eventually they will be more than us. And when they're more than us, all the votes in the world won't matter because they'll outvote us. There's more of them. And they'll be able to take over our country without firing a shot. And we'll be a communistic country under a dictator. It's coming. You just remember there was a preacher stood in this pulpit and told you this. Anyway, as is often the case, we must be threatened with the loss of something precious before we realize that subtle changes have taken place. Remember, to preserve our nation, we must preserve our American Christian heritage for our children. If we lose our nation to socialism and communism, it is because we lost our children first. Whether our children attend a private school or state school, the Lord holds the parents responsible for the education of their children. Parents must not allow the state the right to control the education of their child. God and God alone is the source of rights. Governments are instituted among men to secure, protect these inalienable rights endowed to us by our Creator. The Lord God of the Bible has given to each individual specific responsibilities. The Lord cannot hold you accountable to fulfill a responsibility unless He also gives you the right to fulfill that responsibility. Now this was written almost a hundred years ago by the Secretary of War, Summerall, and he makes a statement. While we were 13 colonies, Professor Alexander Fraser Tyler pointed out why democracies fail. A democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. It's always temporary. It can only exist until the voters discover they can vote themselves largest out of the public treasury. In other words, when you find out that you can vote for a, an elected official that will do everything in his power to give you something from government that they took from somebody else that had it, people will vote for the man who promises them the most. That's why you hear all these politicians Talk about how they're going to give you this, and they're going to give you this, and you're going to have two pots in the, of chicken in the thing, and two cars in the garage, and we're going to pay your mortgage, and we're going to do this. 
only because they're going to take it from somebody else that worked for it and give it somebody else that didn't. Trying to explain this to some people at a university that believed that it was um, nothing wrong with people and the distribution of wealth. Says all of the students in here that got A's, why don't we take all those who had an A and we'll give it to those who had a C. And that way, everybody would get a B. Is anything wrong with that? And they said over and over again, no, 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 no. They couldn't see anything wrong with government taken away and given to people who don't work, but they could see that those who had worked hard for that A don't want to give that A to somebody else so that we can all have a B. Because, you see, the next time the exams come around, those that got a C before is going to get a D. And those that had the A is not going to work as hard because he knows they're going to take it from him anyway, so he'll only get a B. Now we're down to everybody getting a C. And after a while, it's nothing more than everybody having shared misery. From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidate, promising the most benefits from the public treasury, with the result of that democracy always collapses over a loose fiscal policy. What do you think is going on? This was written 100 years ago. 100 years ago, explaining why we are a republic and why that position is wrong. Now, let me tell you this. I'm not interested in arguing with anybody over any of it. It's my position. And I like stating my position because I believe it's a scriptural position. I'm talking about understanding the philosophy of government based upon what the founding fathers give to us, and we ought to be patriot enough to love our country, to stand for what's right, and do what's right. Anyway, the last part there is always to be followed by dictatorship, and that bothers me. Once again, back to this little chart. You'll notice in the little schoolhouse, it's American Christian. In other words, realizing that, yes, here in America, we have been given a wonderful country because of our faith in the Lord, our founding fathers. And because of that, they developed a form of government never seen before upon the face of this earth. America is the greatest nation in all the world, and that's where freedom came from. We got freedom because we had Christ as the foundation. And it was taught in our schools, in our universities, the importance of the Lord and the importance of the Word of God. But now we got people who don't think that's important anymore. And look, Howard, how are we doing? They always say, well, are we better off now than we were four years ago? You ever hear him say that? Are you better off now? Are we better off now than we were 50 years ago? And so we have... A Republican form of government. It teaches how to think. See, when you have the right root, you can have the right fruit. And you'll find out there's academic excellence. You're talking about godliness. The Christian Republic, God is alive, moral standards, biblical women's roles, and sex only in marriage, character, build families, and good literature. Individualism is important. All these good things and discipline 
You see, when you used to have a man of character, because he knew the Lord, loved the Lord, and he walked right, he talked right, could look you in the eye, shake your hand, and you knew the man will keep his word because he's a man. It's what men did. He wasn't a weasel. Well, when you have secularism, man's power of reasoning that guides him without God. You want to know how a man thinks without God? Read the book of Ecclesiastes. All is vanity and vexation of spirit. And that's exactly where they are. Then you'll have the fruits of secular humanism. Teaches how to think. Teaches what to think. You see, when you learn how to think, you become creative. You can solve problems. You have drive. You have initiative. You want to take a chance and take a risk. You want to have some freedom to do what you dream about doing. They talk about, have a dream, have a dream. Everything they're doing is to take away your dream. What they're doing is destroying the dreams that people have had. If people do not want Christ, God, the Bible, or prayer in this country, you cannot have freedom or prolonged freedom. It is impossible. We have a spiritual problem in this country. People, in order to preserve this country, have to know the Lord. If you don't know the Lord, you cannot preserve our freedom. Because only by getting people in America back to the Lord is there any hope for America. We need a spiritual revival of people knowing the Lord, the true God. I mean, the one that I'm talking about that has a son named Jesus Christ. I got a little question for you. If Obama loses the election, if, do you believe he'll step down? If I believed that belief. And I have the opportunity as the president of the greatest nation on the earth. And know that I've only got this chance to do what I want to get done. I will do whatever it takes to cause a dissension between government and the people. In order to create strife enough that riots will break out like we've seen in other countries. So that we have to look to government, do something. Government's got to do something and declare martial law. And all of our constitutional rights will be suspended. And we'll have ourselves our dictator. Just remember, there's always that possibility. There's enough executive orders have already been given that a man can take over this country if he's the president of this country. And that's not a joke. No time to cover it right now. Let me mention this to you. I mean, I might as well just unload how I think so that you won't have any question about it. I believe our founding fathers, if they were alive today, would have already gone to war. Now, that's strong language. I know that. But you take our founding fathers, and they went to war because they tried to tax them on tea. And they knew if they did that, there'd be no end to it. And they wanted their freedoms, and they didn't want that control. And look what we have allowed government to do to us. We have become virtually economic slaves. 
When those on the right realize they cannot take our country back by the ballot, I believe there will be a literal war as a last result. And I hate to see that happen. We got an election coming up, but I believe that you need to think and try to figure out who you're going to vote for. I'm not telling people who to vote for, but I believe you need to be wise. And I believe you need to pray. I believe there are going to be 10 regions in America that will establish mental institutions to place dissenters of a one world order. I believe that that has already been done to a certain extent. But these mental institutions that are supposed to take care of these right wing fundamentalists that are the problems in this country that's keeping us from going forward, us homegrown terrorists are going to be disappearing and placed into mental places, which another name for it would be concentration camps. And I believe it's already underway, but I don't have time to cover all that stuff with you. I would like to go through all the stuff on humanism. I got so much stuff that's unreal, but I guess I've said enough to let you know a little bit about where I stand. I'm not telling everybody that has to agree with me on everything. You don't. But I love our country. I love our freedoms. I hurt that I see where we're headed. And myself personally, I, I don't see how we can get it back unless God intervenes. Unless God shakes this country. And people realize how important it is. Or we're going to lose it all. And one day we'll look back and think, what in the world should I have done? I'm a preacher. I'm just supposed to alert, to make you aware. But what you do is a responsibility between you and the Lord. I'm going to say and do what I believe God wants me to. I don't know how long it will last. But yes, I'm looking for the rapture to take place. And uh, I wouldn't mind it if it happened in the next month and a half or so. It would be fine with me. Uh, I get me and Hank are a lot alike in a few things. But most preachers, and I'll be honest with you, do not cover these things like this. But I'm doing it at the risk of this church voting me out or whatever you want to do. But that's fine with me too. But I want you to know what I believe. I don't think I should hide it from you. And I believe I should try to use all the power of my ability at my disposal to try to influence others to my way of thinking. But I don't try to make anybody believe like I believe. If I can't win you and convince you, then forget it. I just did my dead level best. But I want to preserve our country, and I believe it's so important. I really do. Let me show you something that I think you do agree with me on. Hopefully every word. This end represent you and me. The Bible says that you and I are, have all sinned. Let this represent sin. We have all sinned. We've all done things wrong. But God loves us. He hates what we've done wrong. And the Bible says to pay for this sin is eternal separation from God. The wages of sin is death. To go to heaven, you and I have to be perfect, as righteous as God, and none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We've all come short of God's perfection. And because of sin, we, we can't get into heaven. And God says, by our good works, it'll never pay for sin. 
So we need a Savior. And God says you can't save yourself. That's why you don't go to heaven because you went to church or you tried to be good or gave money and all those things. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. He's God in the flesh. He came into this world because he loves us. He had no sin, so he didn't have to die. But because of his love for us and hatred for sin, because it separates us from him, Jesus Christ took all the sins of the world and paid for it on the cross and came back from the dead. And he said that if you and I, if we would believe that he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account and we get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. There's no trick to that. There's no gimmick to it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just believe it. Only believe. And God says, these things have I written unto you that believe, that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. Let's pray, shall we? If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I know you probably have heard it a thousand times, but if you never trust the Lord, you're still lost. But would you right now, right where you're sitting, say, yes, that made sense to me. I want to be certain of going to heaven. And preach, I'd like you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is there anyone at all? Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. We thank you for this great country you've given us, for the freedoms we presently enjoy. But we've also been eyewitnesses of many people that are losing their homes and losing jobs, losing their savings, losing so much, in some cases losing their kids. And Father, we sometimes don't know what causes it. Why? But Father, we pray that you'd help us to be wise and to do right. We don't know how you want to use us, but we want to honor you in everything that we do. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless this country with some good men to be good leaders and will help restore that which has been lost. And Father, there may be some good people running, but Father, we pray your blessings upon each one to help us to filter out those that are not qualified or maybe that's not the best. And Father, we pray for those that are already elected officials, even though they have a different philosophy of government, that Father, somehow you could turn their hearts and help them preserve this country. To utilize sometimes their bad decisions to accomplish your will. We don't know how it all works out, how it all plays out. But Father, we know one day you're going to split the eastern sky and we'll be caught up to meet you. And we pray, Lord, that you would come. And as you said in your word, come, Lord Jesus, come. We thank you for this church and all your good people. And we pray, Lord, your will to be done in the lives of each person here. Help us not to be mean and unkind. Help us to love each other as we should. Help us to be wise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.